Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, 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 hi. It's oh, it's September. It's September 1st. September 1st. Wow. Labor Day weekend. That's eh, all a blur. It's all constantly a blur. I really don't care. Uh, it really doesn't matter. I'm working all the time. I love work. I do. I do. I love the show. I love this show. I love the Twitter. I love the, uh, the podcast that I got. Very, very fortunate. Not complaining. I actually feel you ever have that drifty, weird feeling on the weekends? You don't know what to do with yourself. You know, I, I should be having a ball, but I'm not. Uh, there's something, uh, you know, you're structured all week long, and then you have a lot of decisions to make. And I don't know if I'm very good at the at the downtime. Uh, I love my babies and all. Uh, I do. But then there's a hell of a lot of like, okay, what do I do now? You ever see? There's a movie called The Hurt Locker. The poor guy comes back from Iraq. And in Iraq, he knows exactly what to do. He's a bomb detonation specialist. He he defuses bombs. And he wears this big suit and it's pretty impressive. And he gets back to um, the world, America. And by the way, he was, in a weird way, he was kind of happy over there in Iraq. I, I, and I know the feeling. It's surprising to hear that for folks. But war is hell. Yeah, but you know what? It's also a lot of laughs. <laughs> it's also very interesting work. It's um, it's just a wild experience, and you kind of know what to do pretty much at all times. Even though there's a lot of room for initiative and creativity, even you know what you're supposed to be doing. And then there's an amazing scene. He gets back, and I can really kind of relate to it. He's in the grocery store on aisle six, and I can't remember if it's he's got to pick a cereal. And there are 75 different varieties of cereal. And he's just standing there, and he's totally, like, stumped. And then he's standing next to, uh, like, 67 brands of toothpaste. What do I pick? What do I do? And not only that, I think it was not only like, okay, there's what are you supposed to do here? There's also the feeling of, um, why am I... Why do I have to do this? Not that it's beneath him, but it's just not the thing that you had to actually go to the store and do. Certainly not in Iraq. Although, um, nobody ever talks about this. The guys in Iraq had it a lot better than the guys in Vietnam. Did you know I bought my first iPod? I know, an iPod. We used to call them iPods before they stuck a phone in it. In 2005, I bought my first iPod at a great big PX in outside of Tikrit, Iraq. It was huge. I almost bought a flat screen TV. No taxes. It was great. I know guys who bought motorcycles over there and had them shipped home. I uh, did a, you know, you think about guys eating in the field. No way. I, I did an interview once with the pastry chef, the pastry chef in Fallujah. He was working for Halliburton and, um, I, they had 41 flavors of ice cream to choose from, not 41. Not 31, 41. It was amazing. However, yeah, 
to get to that base, you had to uh, drive on the highway and what was going off on the highway, IEDs all the time. And that was that was supposed to be the good part. That was uh, not during the invasion. And that was whew, that was that was something else. All right. Ancient history. Now, although not really, you know, here they are busting President Trump's chops over a couple of pages of documents. And George W. Bush and Dick Cheney invaded the wrong country. I believe they did it on purpose. I don't think they cared about weapons of mass destruction. They wanted to go in there, and they found a phony reason to justify it, that they could get the world to sign up for it. Turns out, no weapons of mass destruction. And it's just like everybody shrugs their shoulders, and who cares? And George W. Bush is out there lecturing people like you and me, calling us uh, domestic terrorists. Oh, yeah, he is. He did it on 9-11, that son of a... So... Hey, God bless Mark Levin. I'm so glad we have him on this radio station from 6 to 9 every night. I can't listen to him all that often. I'm very busy at that time. But, you know, when it's something big, when it's something uh, like this, I, I do like to try to catch it on the podcast. And he went through that government filing from the other night, tore it apart. You know, he is a lawyer. He knows his stuff. He is convinced, as I am, that the Department of Justice is totally out of control uh, I, I look, there are certain things I can understand. I can understand the presidential records act. It's not that big. And I can also see that the president has the discretion to classify things as personal versus presidential. And he can keep those things. Absolutely. The presidential records, according to the statute are focused on things like uh, the ceremonial duties of the president, the basic functions of the president. They must be handed over to the um, National Archives upon exiting the office. And if you don't, I guess arrangements can be made. But anyway, the things that were personal to him and of personal value, and maybe that means documents that exonerate him from Russian collusion, I think he's allowed to keep that. Do you know how all this thing started? How all of this started? Some jerk who works at the National Archives watching on TV, uh, a couple of guys get off get onto the helicopter on January 20th, 2001, 2021, with a bunch of boxes. The man who heads the National Archives was watching TV, and he sees these guys with boxes, and he says, where the hell are they going with that? They only gave me 30,550,000 documents. Where, where, where Those look like they might be 27 documents. Where are they going? I need to know. He calls the FBI. He calls the FBI. This guy's a real woke piece of work. His name is David Ferriero. And in the summer of 2020, the archives guy is talking about George Floyd and all that nonsense. And uh, here he is actually talking about, ooh, I'm a white man, and that's a problem. This is the guy who started this whole thing against Trump. Cut 33. Uh, there's never been a female archivist, has there? No, I would. And that, that's advice I've given to the White House already, that you better not hire another white fe- male, <laughs> um, that we've had 10 white males. Wow, that's a real problem, huh? Don't you feel good about yourself there, David, now that you've had the job for a dozen years? You can. What if the guy behind you is perfectly qualified, happens to be a guy, happens to be white? Maybe no women, maybe no... Uh, Native Americans are interested in being the archivist of the United States. Doesn't sound like such an interesting job to me. Um, maybe it is, but now you're, you're colluding with the FBI. You see the boxes. He calls up the FBI and the FBI starts hassling Trump. And thanks to Mark Levin going through this document, it looks like the so-called obstruction of justice, 
the FBI went looking for the documents and they were told the documents were in the storage uh, room and they went in there and yes, they were all in there, but they found three documents in the president's desk when they said that they were all in the storage room. Three documents in the president's desk. Well, you see, that's the that's obstruction. That's what they're alleging, that that is obstruction. The president putting those three pages of documents, which he is entitled to have, I believe on the under the Presidential Records Act, he could easily have classified these things as personal, personal records. And that doesn't mean you're American Express Bill. That means something that is of personal interest to you, the president of the United States. And whatever... The Presidential Records Act has no uh, penalty. If you violate it, it doesn't say, you know, you, 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 you go to jail between five and ten years or you pay a hundred thousand dollar fine or a ten thousand dollar fine. Nothing like that. This is a great big scam. It really is. And they're counting on you folks and me not reading this stuff. And I have started to tackle these uh, filings. They are complex. There's a lot of boilerplate language in there. Then it gets boring and your eyes start to glaze over. And then, aha, there's something important. And they try to sneak it by you or cover it up or make it sound like something it's not. Our president, once again, Donald Trump, is being persecuted, harassed. This is Totally different, totally different standard for anyone, uh, let alone a president. He should be given the benefit of the doubt, don't you think? I think so. Hillary Clinton, boy, oh boy, the benefit of the doubt. They looked the other way. They damn near, they accused her of all kinds of crimes. And, I mean, with her, it's kind of an open and shut case. She was doing business on a private server uh, and all kinds of secret documents. We we know all that. We know, and they they looked the other way, and she was able to continue running for president and all that stuff. This is, and Joe Biden tonight is going to try to shame us all over again, worse than he did the other night. Remember, this man by demonizing so-called MAGA Republicans, uh, by making us out to be fascists, and we promote violence and all these lies. I think he's getting ready to use extraordinary means against us. Uh, what did that crazy judge say, Judge Ludig? That those who support President Trump are a clear and present danger to the United States. I looked it up. What does that actually mean? I mean, I know it was a Tom Clancy book and a crummy movie. But a clear and present danger means it's imminent and means also that the government would be allowed to suspend certain rights to deal with that with that threat freedom of speech um, freedom of the press uh I, I don't know the 5th amendment the 4th amendment uh, the 4th amendment what is that unreasonable search right i mean all this stuff if you convince your supporters if you whip them up into a frenzy as joe biden seems intent on doing that those of us who voted for Donald Trump are a clear and present threat to America. Give me a break, first of all. Just that's laughable. It's nonsense. But they're so willing to believe it. Some of them actually do. Some of them know it's a lie. Uh, and then you throw race into all of it. And you know what it does? It inhibits a lot of people from speaking out, people who know better. Everyone's keeping their head down, right? Anybody who has a... Who supports Trump? Do you feel proud of it? Could you actually walk down the street with a Make America Great Again hat? No, they'd call you a racist for crying out loud, even if you're black. You see what they did to Leo Terrell? So they're getting ready to do something 
horrible, really bad. And they're going to wrap themselves up in this. So oh, sanctimony, we're defending democracy. We're defending democracy. No, you're not. You, you are the threat. You corrupt, nauseating bastard. You really are. Joe Biden, my God, how did it happen? Oh, what? Do you have to delete that word, too? Okay. All right. I saw them fidgeting and getting nervous. So, all right. All good. All good. All good. So he's going to talk about the soul of America tonight, the soul of America, a man who has no soul. I really don't think he does. How can he do what he did to his children? Hey, it's amazing. They're, everyone's writing these articles that uh, Trump is going to be indicted. Judge Napolitano, who I like. People are sending me his article, and, oh, he says he's going to be indicted. All right, first of all, I don't know that. I do know this. The president did nothing wrong. And these guys, instead of saying, oh, the president has legal exposure, they should be talking about the legal exposure of this Justice Department, of the FBI, of President Biden, their corrupt acts. This is a corrupt prosecution. And don't get nervous, by the way, when... You see, oh, Judge Napolitano, who was on uh, Fox News for so many years, he says that he could be indicted. Well, that's as much as I love the judge, and I really do. He's a fantastic guy. He's funny. He's warm. He's interesting. He's smart. But part of his brand is giving it to Trump. I went back and I found dozens of articles he wrote about uh, Donald Trump is impeachable. Yes, he will be convicted. He He's back in 2020, all right? He's one of those guys. And the same goes for Andrew McCarthy on Fox News. Brilliant guy, never met him, but he is very much a creature of the Justice Department and these rules. He can't get it out of his head that he's not talking about some person. He's talking about the President of the United States. You guys need to use those brains of yours. You, you're not employees anymore. You, you don't have to worry about them. Too, too often these prosecutors, these career prosecutors, get out, and they, they're busy explaining the department to the rest of the world. Instead of possibly telling the place they came from what the world is really like. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Anyway, President Trump, we are totally on your side. Totally and completely on your side. And it's easy, quite frankly. You know what? I know it. They're always lying. They're always wrong. We know you did nothing wrong. This is harassment. They have indicted themselves. You watch. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Everybody's talking about that filing, that filing. Well, not everybody. You know what? Not everybody. Nobody's talking about this crap, to be honest. Nobody's. I, I, you gotta, you got to catch me on this stuff. I don't want to fall into their silly trap, and I just fell into it, okay? Going through, spending all my time looking at affidavits and warrants and all this nonsense. I, we, we've got a man who is committed to ripping this country apart, uh, redefining America, what it is to be America, getting rid of a border, losing wars, encouraging foreign dictators to invade other countries, uh, inflation out of control, seems totally content with that. Disunifying us, wants to put us on electric energy when we're not ready to do that. What the hell are we going to do? We're going to walk. We have no respect. We're not commanding respect anywhere. Nobody likes this woke agenda but him and his cronies. Um, gas prices, are we letting them off the hook? As Miranda Devine said, you know, we went from a horrible to slightly less horrible, but it's still horrible. We have a horrible situation. He is responsible. 
And I actually know in my gut that the midterms, you know, it's funny. It's going to be a shock for the swamp, for the media class, when Republicans win overwhelmingly. When they take back the House by 100 seats. When they win six more seats in the U.S. Senate. Something wild's going to happen. And it really should. It will render the chattering class uh, irrelevant, totally, more so than they already are. I think back to 2020, December, Trump was being impeached. It was ridiculous. He had just been uh, impeached, technically impeached. It happened that day, and I was at a Christmas party here in Manhattan, and plenty of uh, cool people were there, right? Not one person was talking about the impeachment. Now, I was up to it in my eyeballs. I had to watch that stuff all day long. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm going to... Because I got to talk about it at night. I think I do at least. And I realize nobody really cares because the American people understood at some primal level that it was fake, that it wasn't real. They just knew it. They knew it in their bones. Don't underestimate that. Don't underestimate your gut feeling. Go with your gut for a reason. You know, in the 90s, you'll remember uh, when Bill Clinton was... Uh, prosecuted, impeached by the House, found not guilty by the Senate. People were obsessed with that case. People were obsessed. And you could have felt one way or the other. Should he be convicted? Is it impeachable? He's still a great guy. Famously, his approval ratings were high. But that didn't mean that people were not interested in the case. Monica Lewinsky, forgive me, but ejaculate on the dress, right? These are the things that were being talked about nationally every single day. Phone sex between the president of the United States and some intern. Coded messages in the newspaper. Uh, rendezvous uh, in, in the Oval Office. Uh, every I just I mean this this was fascinating stuff on some level. I mean it was arguably disgusting. It was titillating. It was all these. It was. It was. I remember being one of the guys. Defending him, by the way. Well, um, it, they are adults, and it's consenting, consensual behavior. Imagine that the entire liberal universe was saying the same stuff. You, the, it, it enhanced him in their eyes. Now, can you imagine? Uh, I, I, you know, you hook up with an intern. Wow, the president of the United States did it, and more than half the country thought it was just fine. And at the time, I kind of agreed. Anyway, people were interested in the case because something happened. And here, people are not interested in the case because nothing really happened. We know that. And you can look through these things. And you know what? It doesn't hurt to look through them. Yes, they're long, they're tedious, but there are some gems in here. And you can see the fraud and you can see the honesty. I'm looking, I got the new one from the Trump team. 19 pages, and I'll read a portion if you don't mind. Uh, three weeks after an unprecedented, unnecessary, and legally unsupported raid on the home of a president and possibly a candidate against the current chief executive in 2024, the government, represented by the Department of Justice and the United States Attorney's Office, has filed an extraordinary document with this court, suggesting that the DOJ and the DOJ alone should be entrusted with the responsibility of evaluating its unjustified pursuit of criminalizing a former president's possession of personal and presidential records in a secure setting. Uh, 
Now the government twists the framework of responding to a motion for a special master into an all-encompassing challenge to any judicial consider- consideration presently or in the future of any aspect of its unprecedented behavior in this investigation. Yeah, they don't want an outside person looking at this stuff, a special master. Instead, they want to keep it with this crazy magistrate. Magistrate. What, what's a ma- what is a magistrate anyway? It's like a deputy junior judge. Let me just get through this one thing. Its argument against oversight begins with the contention that somehow uh, the movement, that's Trump, movement, you know, filing a motion that makes you a movement. I don't like the way that word looks or sounds, by the way. The movement, 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 lacks standing to the to object to a search of his home. The convoluted theory, which appears to be that in the Biden administration, that the Biden administration will not allow President Trump to assert executive privilege and consequently he has no right to possess presidential documents and that therefore he has no standing to object to their seizure is contrary to the well-established doctrine of standing. All right, I kind of get the gist of that. Beautiful minds, beautiful minds. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Somebody named Halligan, Lindsay Halligan. I'm impressed, Lindsay. And the same goes for uh, James Trusty, Evan Corcoran. And uh, say hi to that guy, the new one, Christ. Chris Christ, I think his name is. Sharp people. President Trump, you have my... Respect. Continued respect. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Thursday. Joe Biden will be giving a speech number two of the week. Talk about working overtime. 94 days on vacation this year. Actually, I'm sorry. It's up to 101, I think. 101 days on vacation. I'm taking tonight off from my TV show, tomorrow off from TV and radio, and I feel like uh, I just, I, I don't know, I feel like I've got three months off myself, but it's just three days. It, uh, how can you do that when you have this job? Do you think he's working hard behind the scenes? Of course he's not. He's not. He can't. He can't. He can't. Uh, hey, would you be in trouble if you said something like this in front of a mixed race crowd in public? Cut 27. My deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down on the east side, the what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, on the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. So he made it clear that everybody understands that this is a black neighborhood. All right. And then he makes it very clear that they play great basketball in this black neighborhood, and there's a lot of crime in that black neighborhood. And he's white, so he's uh, he's not. I get by that logic, he's he's not involved in the criminality, and he's not uh, he's not playing basketball. Just insanity, or just brokenness. I don't know. I I I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I thought he was going to tell the story about Corn Pop. Remember him? Cut twenty nine. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. 
Wow. Tough guy Joe Biden. What is he talking about? Corn pop, pomade. Anyway, there are like six kids gathered around him when he gives this ludicrous speech. And it's funny. The kids totally get it. I mean, this guy's out to lunch and they're like doing, they're totally ignoring him. There's a, at the time he's vice president. They have no interest in him whatsoever. They're talking to each other. They're playing patty cake. They're looking around. They're scratching their face. It, this is a, they, they, they're supposed to be impressed by this guy, but they're not. And for good reason. I mean, after all, would you be impressed with somebody who talks like this to the face of a black man? Not only that, a great guy, Charlemagne de God, right? He's very, very talented. He had some questions. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden wouldn't have it and horribly insulted him. Cut 28. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Huh? <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's a, that's a racist man right there. And, uh, the oddities continue nonstop, but this is a guy who's coming after Donald Trump. You know, he never, Donald Trump has an ego. We all know that, right? The Trump name is everywhere. But he would never stand in front of uh, 50,000 people and tell stories with no point, with no kind of relevance or or anything that could – just a nugget. Even when he went to that Boy Scout camp and started talking about momentum, Mr. Levitt, Mr. Levitt, what happened to you? You were great. Oh, Donald, I lost my momentum. And you know what? You've got to keep your momentum and that's what happened. He got comfortable. He got too comfortable, and he lost his momentum. Do not forget, momentum is important. I don't care if you're 11 years old or 80 or you're the Chamber of Commerce or a Cub Scout. That was interesting. That was interesting. And then you got this guy. This is how he conducts himself. And it it tells you that most of the time he's probably lying. Cut 30. I mean that sincerely. Not a joke. Not a joke. I really mean it. It wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. And I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. I mean it. And I'm not just not hyperbole. I'm being, I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. I really mean it. Not a joke. What are we doing? I have two shotguns at home. I can't. It's a long story, but I not oppose the guns. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. For real. Whew. That's all from one speech. That's not like from four years. One speech keeps on like kind of begging people to believe him. And when you lie a lot, you suspect that people see through it. And I think that's a, where that comes from. Hey, Susan is on the phone somewhere in the upstate region. We're upstate. Hello. Hi, yeah. I'm, I'm in the Finger Lakes. I'm kind of relocated here, but I lived in Brooklyn. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Adult life. I know. We talked yeah. before. How are you? Welcome yeah. back. What's up? Yeah. Well, listen, I think you're really on to something. And after listening to Dick Morris um, on your station saying that, um, you know, expects that Donald Trump is going to be indicted, but it will be a political because there's no criminal um, uh, a- aspect of what they're alleging. And that I'm worried, and I've heard this from other sources that they're going to use the January 6th thing will be like a dress rehearsal. We never really, you know, found out all about that Ray Epps and, you know, how much they wouldn't have any security. 
and that they're going to have some big, horrible things happen, and they're going to blame MAGA and then use, as you're saying, these um, this possibility of then just, I don't know, rounding us up or doing whatever. Doing something. I have no idea. I, yes, absolutely. This is uh, – it's all there. It's kind of all coming together. You know, Lindsey Graham the other day when he made that prediction – it wasn't encouraging, as you know. Look, if they indict Trump, yeah, I think there could be violence. But here's the thing, and you think more about it. It's violence that <laughs> the right's not inciting. Conservatives aren't inciting. The left is inciting. They want people to riot. Then they want to use oppressive authoritarian tactics to not only quell the riot, but then to uh, anybody who possibly agrees with President Trump or opposes Joe Biden will be on notice. And that's where it gets really scary. This is not, as as Joe Biden would say, this is not hyperbole. I mean, it really is moving that direction. You see what they did with this one silly day, this one silly January 6th. A year and a half later, they're still foaming at the mouth about it. Right, Susan? So, uh look. I do think we're going to prevail. I hope. I don't know. I'm, I do. I do. I do. I, I mean, but it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be weird. What they're trying to do is so weird, so unprecedented. I think they're all going to be exposed. Uh, you know, someone's going to tape something. We're going to find it. I don't know. I just can't see them pulling this off. I can't see it actually happening. I intellectually understand their scheme, but I can't see them being successful. Can you, Susan? I think we have to brace ourselves, the people that, you know, believe in the Make America First, uh, agenda, which is bigger than Donald Trump now, but that to see, I mean, the, I can't, just the thought of him going through that, but we have to brace ourselves and understand that if we think that January 6th, there's a lot of questions. Now, we know people from the rally were there, but there that we also know that there were a lot of instigators there that are not behind bars. Yes, and there are FBI agents there. And there were cops who let people inside. And we also know that Ashley Babbitt was shot, even though she didn't do anything. She did not do anything. She wasn't posing a threat. Some woman got punched by a cop the other day. They're about to riot. Punched after she hit him. So, uh yeah. All right. But wait, you say brace ourselves. I don't like that, actually. I don't want brace. I don't want uh, that makes like, you know, get ready for a punch. Here's what we can do, all right? Here's what we can do. Number yep. one, mm-hmm. you can start giving money to your favorite candidates, okay? You can mm-hmm. get little donations, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 40 bucks, more if you can. Remember, these politicians, they love the small donors. A bunch of small donors is a lot mm-hmm. better than a couple of big ones. And the other thing is, I don't know if you heard my plan yesterday, I am... Well, September 1st, between now and Election Day, and I haven't started yet, in addition to my TV show, my Twitter, and all this other stuff, I'm going to call some people that I know, people I haven't talked to in a long time, you know, people from high school, people from uh, Marine Corps, people who I might suspect will not agree with me, and I'm going to try to convince them. I'm going to tell them what the stakes are. I'm going to try to have a reasonable conversation with them. I want to try to help move the needle. And I think everybody else can do that. Everybody else that we know, you can do that. Susan, uh, I can do that. This is serious stuff. This really is serious. And I got, I, I really want to convince some people who hate Trump. I understand you may not find him, you know, he's not your cup of tea. He's this, he's that, the hair, the, his manner, but he is on our side. 
He's the traditionalist, believe it or not. He's the traditional one. These are the radicals, Biden and the rest. Anyway, does that sound like, I mean, I want to do something other than brace myself for a punch. No. Okay. I think that's excellent. The biggest thing is, and I'm doing the same thing. When I see millennials at the gas station, I get in a conversation with them and I tell them that, you know, we want to preserve the legacy and that they need to, so each person you speak to needs to speak to 10 people and those people need to speak to 10 people. We have to like have this expand. I'm already doing it and I'm finding this is a great area and maybe that some people might be apathetic and I'm trying to like light a fire. I'm talking to them about Lee Zeldin. Some of them don't even know who he is. They hate what's going on, but they don't even know that there's a governor race. So I, I'm getting active up here because I think that um, this is a uh, has a lot of potential if we get a big enough turnout. So that's what I'm doing. I think what you're doing is great. I love it, Susan. Keep it up. Thank you so much, uh, Finger Lakes. I've actually never been there. I've been close, but never been to the Finger Lakes. Um, is it worth? Yeah, no, I, I know it, it's beautiful. I keep hearing that. Um, uh, let's do another one. Let's see. Uh, John in New Jersey. Hi. Yes. Uh, hi, Greg. I had spoke to you once before. Uh, I am a veteran, and I put God first, and that's what's missing. That's what all of us have to do. We can explain to the, any of uh, our friends, relatives about why it's important to vote uh, Donald Trump uh, and the MAGA, uh, but most important, um, vote time would be for the 22 election now, midterm election. We got to win, and only way we're going to win is with God on our side. So we got to tell people first, put God first. He will bless us, give him his, us his wisdom, and that's a choice for each of us to make. Then they can see clear to make a better decision. Unless we get control of the House and the Senate, we can't change anything. They still will be in power, and it will get worse. So that's the most important election in November that we must win. But we cannot win unless God is on our side. Now how is God going to be on our side? Well, we have individually. We have to put Him first. Well, He is. Uh, we we hope we're on His side. Sometimes I hear it put that way. Look, I agree with you. Too many people are shy about talking about God, about Jesus. If you're a Christian, or even uh, I think people of the Jewish persuasion don't necessarily talk all that much about their faith in public. We don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to come off as a Bible thumper. We are worried about this. We're worried about that. Uh, I don't give a darn about any of that stuff, be it whatever they call me, whatever. It's the greatest hope ever. And it's available to each and every one of us. And, uh, I highly, I just, I can't encourage it enough. I can't. Now I understand some people will be turned off and that's okay. That's all right. You know what? The first time somebody came to me with such a message, I was turned off. I was. So where do you get off? Where do you get off with this? I know things about you. Huh? Who made you a church lady? What are you, what, 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 what are you saying about this? That was my reaction 10 years ago. I was totally blind. So, uh, but I will say this, man, you got to be a little bit gentle about it. You should be gentle and you should listen and you, you can't force this on anybody, as you know. 
You can plant seeds. It may be a lot to uh, say, all right, accept God and uh, vote Republican in the same breath. You know what I mean, John? No, no, I, you're right, Greg, but I'm not saying to just say uh, put God first and then vote Republican. No, you put God first, you get his blessing and wisdom, and then your mind can think better to who to vote for. Well, and that's, that's true, too. I'm telling you, yep, yep, yep. It's like, you know what it is a little bit like? It's like... Uh... It's like the Matrix. Ever see that movie with what's his name? Yeah. Keanu Reeves. He takes the pill and everything. He sees everything. He sees everything starts to make sense when it made no sense before. And he sees, uh, he sees reality. And it's something like that, actually. A little bit. I mean, uh, anyway, you're right. You think better. You make better decisions. Uh, most of the time, not all of the time. I can tell you that one, John. All right, to be continued, sir. Thanks for calling back, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I I know that Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin was running for the House of Representatives up in Alaska and lost. I was totally surprised. She lost. Sarah Palin, talk about name recognition. She lost to a Democrat. To fill the remaining months of, uh, what was it, Don Young's seat? Anyway, uh, this was a rank choice voting trick. Tom Cotton came right out and said it finally. I needed some guy to say it. First, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I still don't understand it, but it is a, now I understand it. It is a scam to rig elections. It is a scam to rig elections. And we got to get rid of that here in New York. You know, ranked choice voting. Are you serious? What a joke. What a convoluted mess. And you know what came out of that convoluted mess? Eric Adams. I am the mayor. Yeah, him. <laughs> ranked choice voting. And you know what I would love to do? I say, Eric, explain ranked choice voting to everybody. Uh, I don't think he could. Well, I can't, but he's the mayor, and that's how he became uh, mayor. Could he explain? I would love to see that. Okay, I will. I, I will. Yeah, I'm working on my Eric Adams impression. It's coming along. It's coming along. All right. Uh, what do we got here? The movement. The movement. I still have to read this. I'll get back to you. Donald Trump's team. They're good. They are good. These guys get it. I know a lot of the other lawyers, and there are a lot of good lawyers who won't touch Trump. You know why? Because <laughs> look at what happened to Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. He was he went from America's hero to, <laughs> I mean, they're chasing him out of town. They suspended his law license. What did he do wrong? Think about it. Close your. What did he do that was, you know, like was he in a drunk driving accident? Did he mow down a bunch of kids? You know, that's the way they treat. He didn't do anything wrong other than do great work for his client and America. I like that guy a lot, and he will be restored. I know it. I know it. All right, I got to, uh, what do I have to do? Here? Right, just a moment or two left in this hour. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Alfred in Yonkers, yes? Yes, Greg, hi. Um, I just want to say that this is another attempt from the DOJ and the Biden administration just to crucify Trump, President Trump. And, um, you know, it's a shame. And Biden is pathetic, and he's the real racist in this country. He is the real racist. He is such a racist, such a horrible guy. 
And it's true that Donald Trump is the least racist person you will ever meet. It's fascinating if you really watch him and you study him and you see him over the years. And you know what? (laughs) Unlike just about any white politician I've ever seen, not all, but a lot, most, he actually was friends with (laughs) people who did not look like him way before he ever wanted to go into politics. Decades ago, decades ago, when it didn't matter, when people weren't looking What's this guy's name? Shell? Shell, is that your name? Hello? Greg, yes, it is. Shell. We spoke several times before. I don't remember. Hey, wait a second. Are you in Allendale, New Jersey? If you're in Allendale, do you know that's where, um, I think that's Comey's hometown. And you know what happened to Comey? He was, uh, when he was a kid, his home was invaded. There was a really intense home invasion, uh, where he was living. And it kind of screwed him up for the rest of his life, unfortunately, and we got to deal with it. Anyway, what's up? Um, I, I, I hope to God uh, the red wave does come, but I don't think it will because the root cause I, I've not heard addressed. Election fraud, the problems with election. And if the Democrats are showing how they push the pressure, nothing is going to stop them. And the, one of the root causes is the problem with the elections. One other thing I like to say, if you want to improve your Eric Adams impersonation, sniff a bag of glue. <laughs> well, look, you got to remember there are uh, plenty of states out there that have cleaned up their act and they've rolled back these silly COVID, uh, right. co- but, but co- COVID York, provisions. Not Jersey, I'm not, not ex- I'm not, ex- I'm not expecting big things from, from these states. I'm just not. Uh, but the anger is going to be so intense come November. That, you know, you gotta win by extra. There's always a little bit of cheating. <laughs> there's, there's always been, unfortunately. So you gotta get out there and really make it happen and make it convincing. Look, am I a little bit worried? Yes, but I gotta forge ahead. You know, we got a lot of plates spinning in the air and, uh, something tells me, I don't know. I just kind of feel it. I kind of feel it. It's going to be that overwhelming. Nobody in their right mind would sign up for more of this, but it's a good point, Shell. We gotta be watching for it. Uh, let's do Mike in Wayne, New Jersey. Hi, Mike. Greg, how are you? Um, about that corn pop speech, you know, in that same speech, Biden also called little black kids cockroaches when he said he loved them touching his hairy legs in that same speech. Um, otherwise, what I did call for is Bank of America has rolled out a new plan for loans for blacks and Hispanics, and they will get no money down and no closing cost loans um, to them just because of their race. So to me, that's uh, racist, in, in my opinion. Uh, one more thing. You're right. We can beat them is in November is to beat them at the ballot box. But not let's not get lazy and say it's going to be a shoo-in because some people are so ignorant, like they did in New Jersey, the idiots where I live. They put this idiot Murphy back in charge, and none of them, only 50% of uh, Republicans voted for the uh, gubernatorial race in New Jersey. So we can't be lazy. Well, uh, I agree. And as I said, pick up the phone, make phone calls, uh, give money, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you got to stay active, uh, citizen, uh, citizen activist, whatever. And I did hear about that Bank of America thing, uh, some sort of, you know, it's targeting uh, black and Hispanic uh, neighborhoods uh, across the country, I think. You know, it sounds great. But what that's code for essentially is they're going to lower the credit standards and, you know, this is how the housing bubble was created back in the 90s, early 2000s, right? All those crazy loans that were being made to everybody, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whatever it is. 
and um, they damn near ruined the economy with that stuff. So anything to appear woke, anything. I want to go a little bit deeper in that. It's possible that they're just trying to get some press release attention, but the the devil is in the details, and they're going to t- still maintain their their standards or, or, or provide this for a very limited number. I'm sorry. It's uncomfortable to talk about, but um, it's a reality, and I'm not going to deny it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right. With my time off, I'm going to rework. Thank you. I'm going to rework uh, WAG Joe Chaos Biden to just Joe Chaos Biden. WAG is too much. Joe Chaos Biden. A little, little review of what the real issues are, what are the problems, why we should be fired up for the midterms and not get lost in this um, this document stuff. WAG uh, woke Afghanistan gas prices. Joe, the Justice Department oppressing its judicial, its, its, its enemies. The people who found Ashley Biden's diary thrown in jail, jail, this that's happening to President Trump. Anybody who's ever associated with President Trump being hassled. Alan Weisselberg, Alan Weisselberg. My gosh, that guy's going to jail. That guy's going to jail because of this. Uh, He got a grant for uh, school and he didn't file the right form. They're making a federal case out of everything Leave that guy alone, uh, right? There's that. There's um, chaos. There's uh, crime. There's Hunter. Uh, anybody looking at Joe's approval rating? It's like 30%. No, they gloss all over that, don't they? Oh, for obscene, the obscene abuse of children. They are encouraged to undergo gender reassignment surgery. It's actually happening in America. It is an abomination. That word is not that that word gets thrown around a lot, but now it totally applies. An abomination to do that to a child. My God. Even if the child wants it done, the child doesn't know any better. This is what's going to get the this is where they're going too far. And how could a guy like Joe Biden go along with this stuff? The fact is, he's probably a captive in his own house. You know, who cares? All right. What else? Uh, The supply chain is still screwed up. We have no border. The inflation's out of control. Everybody's at each other's throats. The America's uh, becoming more and more disunified. They are have this crazy fixation on getting us on electric and solar and wind when that stuff just isn't ready yet. I have no objection. Great. I'm not ready to buy a $60,000 car right now. And you can't plug it in. Look at what's going on in California. All this stuff still needs fossil fuel in the end. And uh, we have no respect. No one respects us. And don't forget this. I had to find a, I got to find a new way to put Ukraine on the list. Those people dying in Ukraine. Hey, on both sides, by the way, plenty of Russian lives lost in this. Those poor slobs, soldiers, 50,000 of them may have died so far. 50 to 60,000. We lost 50,000 guys in Vietnam. In the entire war, how long have they been fighting that over there? Six months? Tops? Well, that's on, that's on, uh, that's on Joe. Vladimir Putin took a look at that guy and said, you know what? I can take this Yankee. He is weak. He is weak. Trump? Yeah, I know. Tough to take sometimes for some of us, but, uh, he was tough. He wasn't afraid of Putin. He was tough. 
smart, brought real-world skill. You know, so few people have skill. Nobody wants to go through the trouble of developing skill, especially when there's all kinds of fun amusements for us to look at and waste time with. Instagram, Netflix, you know, starting a new YouTube channel. Oh, I'm going to monetize it. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to, yeah, all that stuff. The drudgery of work. Nobody wants to do it. And the government encouraged it. My gosh, really did. Two years. I see the test scores are in. Uh, we're getting kind of uh, feedback on a national scale now of uh, student performance in America. And guess what? Two years of no homework, it took a real hit. <laughs> uh, math scores, English scores, which were, let's face it, never too hot in America because we've always had a lot of other things to do other than schoolwork and this, that, and the other thing. We could go do this, that, and the other thing. And the, who who called before? John. That is a solution, by the way. It really is. It's uh, He said, put God first. You get up in the morning, and what the hell do you do first? You grab your phone, you screw around, you text, you tweet, you look at websites, some good, a lot bad. When do you actually have time to spend it with the Lord? He misses us. You know that? He does. I think he does. From what I've read, he wants to spend time with us. Wants us to talk to him, and he will talk to us. And you can do this through the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. You start that, it starts a miraculous process. I think I told you, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. I am in no position to do that, believe me. But if he can, what what was that song go? If he can save a wretch like me, man, I was just so consumed with all the wrong things. 2012, just living for myself, the most selfish guy you've ever seen. Uh, and also, I was Mr. Victim. Why did this happen to me? Oh, I was a, this happened to me. Can you believe it? Can you believe what they did to me? Walking around with that mentality for a while, feeling sorry for myself, rewarding myself with uh, a couple of drinks, a couple of more drinks. You know, hey, yeah, what the hell not? What else was I, what else did I have going? Anyway. Someone gave me the Bible in 2012, said, you really need to read this. I said, get the hell out of here. I know what's going on. Four years, four long years, four long stupid years spent stupidly before I opened it. And then it was, uh, wow. And all those things, I thought I was a victim. Nope, nope, nope. He was just trying to get my attention. Those things, some of the worst things that ever happened to me, I am so, I, they're blessings. They're absolute blessings. Absolute blessings. It all makes sense at some point. Now I got a ways to go, but boy, oh boy, do I feel ready? Do I feel armed? Armed spiritually, actually. Spiritual armor, I, I think, is what they call it. There are people who know the Bible backwards and forwards a lot more than I do. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I am uh, sometimes, what do they call me? A baby Christian. Baby, you know, baby steps. But uh, whatever, I'll take them. <sighs> um, I am sick of this, all these cron- uh, all these uh, court documents in front of me. I, I, uh, I, I don't like being lied to, and I think that's what the government is doing here. 
During the August 8th execution of the search warrant at the premises, the government seized 33 boxes, containers, or items of evidence which contained over 100 classified records, including information classified at the highest levels. All right. Heads up. The president had the authority to declassify all of that stuff, which he did. That's kind of besides the point. Don't be distracted by the top secret, the red uh, folders, all that stuff. It's just designed to rattle your cage and to rattle our confidence in him. Let's see here. Plaintiff lacks the standing to seek judicial oversight and related relief in relation to any presidential records seized from the premises. You know how many lawyers are working on this thing? About a thousand. They are poised to get him. It's not supposed to work this way. They find the guy and then they find they know the guy. Then they find the crime. Joseph Stalin famously said, uh, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. You can find something on anybody, but it's not supposed to work that way. It's the other way around. you got to find out about the crime. Oh, gosh, really. Oh, and this, this uh, archivist, listen to this guy. Listen to him. This is the guy who started it all. But he's just the one, the latest one in the, in the conspiracy. You know, who else has been there? Uh, Mueller and his people. And then you had Alexander Vindman and the whistleblower, and uh, which I think was actually Vindman in a weird way. He tells his buddy, and then th- they could say the buddy is the whistleblower, but it was really Vindman. Uh, Vindman, those crazy ambassadors. Uh, who was next? Uh, the January 6th junk. Uh, the, all of it. And now we have a new loser from the swamp. His name is David Ferriero, who has, I'm sure at this point, Designs on a book deal, this, that, and the other thing. It starts with him. He sees two guys with boxes getting on a helicopter at the White House. And he says, what is in those boxes? I demand to know. I'm the archivist. So he calls up the FBI. And then he goes on television. He's proud of himself. Cut 32. Is this the first time then in your tenure that you've ever been in a legal dispute with a presidential administration over access to records this is the first time for me and i believe it's the first time for in a long time for the the agency probably going back to richard nixon um and that whole situation was responsible for the creation of the presidential records act to establish the fact that those records are government property and not personal property okay well i have to straighten out the archivist here um (laughs) Under the Presidential Records Act of 1978, um, the president is the one in charge of determining what is presidential and what is personal. And there, it's not personal in the sense of an American Express bill. If there is something of unique interest to the president that can qualify as personal, the president has that discretion according to your own policies. And he's allowed to keep that. He is allowed to keep that. And I suppose that you're allowed to disagree and those things can be worked out. But here you go. You make a federal case out of it and you talk about your agency. And I'm hearing about the men and women of the National Archives. Okay, enough. Enough with the swamp. Enough with you guys praising yourselves. And uh, <laughs> the men and women of the Pentagon. Okay. The men and women of the Armed Forces. Okay. The men and women of the State Department. Now you're getting on my nerves. The men and women of the FBI. I've had it with you. The men and women of the Fisheries uh, and Landmark Bureau. The men and women of the National Archives and Library. Who do you think you are? You're, you're civil servants. You work for us. We don't work for you. Nobody elected you either. 
You just got a job. You got a job and an attitude and an authoritarian complex. He keeps going with this stuff, and he's going to be praised. David Ferriero, National Archivist. Oh, and by the way, he speaks their language. I'll get back to that in a moment. He's, he walks the walk, the woke walk. Cut 33, please. Uh, there's never been a female archivist, has there? No, I would, and that, that's advice I've given to the White House already, that you better not hire another white fe- male, <laughs> um, that we've had 10 white males. And then there's the, uh, wait, where's the one? The first time he's engaged in a legal dispute. There's something else he's, he's all showing off about. Cut 31, please. For people that may not have been familiar with your name before over the past year, they've probably got familiar with it because of the legal wrangling with the Trump administration over access to its records. Um, how much can you say about that at this point? Um, I can say that there is an investigation going on. Um, I can say that um, we know that we we suspect that we don't have everything. We're still um, trying to figure out what, what we don't have. Can you say that you're a little bit excited about the attention? Be honest, Dave. Come on. Huh? I mean, actually, only people in the swamp are talking about you, and I guess me too, but you're the one who started all this stuff. Huh? You like it, don't you? You know, yeah, I mean, look at what all the others got. Ambassador Yovanovitch, remember her? Probably not, but she got a book. Vinman got a book and a TV show <laughs> and a phony job at a think tank. All kinds of payoffs. They all get paid off, and you think you're next, and you probably will be. Although, just like the others, you will fail. I'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is uh, Carl Rove, George W. Bush's wingman, Trump hater, uh, war starter in Iraq, uh, pretends he's an intellectual because he read a book about McKinley once. And uh, here he is on Fox News, like just about everybody else on Fox News, trying to make it very clear that they don't like Trump and they think Trump is in big trouble. Go ahead, please. The DOJ is investigating and the Trump side has their lawyers and their feelings about what what was rightfully his and able to take. But it's just interesting. Let's be clear. Let's be clear on this. None of these government documents are his to have taken. I, I agree with the deputy director who said that a lot of the pro- former president's mm-hmm. problems are of his own creation. You can, under the, Fed, the Presidential Records Act of 1978, you cannot take original documents out of the White House with you when you leave the White House, whether you're the president of the United States or any of his aides. No, you know, that's, it's verboten under the law. Now, there are no criminal penalties for violating it, but why the former president packed up to, you know, 20, nearly 30-some-odd boxes of material when he had no right to do 
so. And that's what the government asserts, incidentally, in this filing. They say he, the president, former president, asked for the return of the documents because, as he said in his filing, they were created during his administration. And the response of the government, excuse me, the response of the government in their filing was uh, that's evidence that they aren't his if they were if they were developed in the White House during his time of presidency under the Presidential Records Act. They belong to the government, not to him. Uh, You're wrong, Karl Rove. I know you love saying Presidential Records Act of 1978 when you throw in the year. Everybody thinks you're really smart. But thanks to uh, the Internet, which I have my beef with, uh, beefs with, uh, you can find this stuff. You can actually look up the Presidential Records Act yourself, and you can actually go through it, and you can see that it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, not too much more complicated, though, than uh, Karl Rove wants to admit or is bothered to find out. So. All kinds of things come across a president's desk, okay? Now, let's, we all know that he had this uh, thing going on with uh, Kim Jong-un, right? He kind of like, uh, he kind of charmed him. He kind of charmed that guy into making peace essentially with us. Remember? Cool it with the rockets, Kim. Rocket man will know fire and fury like no other if he messes with us, okay? You got it? But then he was the nice guy, and they were sending sending letters to each other. Now, guess what? Those letters, if the president wants to classify them as personal, he can. There is a provision in this law when there are items that he believes are of interest to him, that are of personal value to him and no one else, or there's no pressing need for the government to have it, it's right here in the policy. Since the president has the discretion to determine what is personal material, this determination should be made during the incumbent's term of office rather than after the records are transferred to the National Archives. So while he's president, he can say, I want to keep this, put it over here. I want to keep that, put it over there. I want to keep this too, yeah. He can do that. He has the discretion. There are presidential records, there are personal records. And when you're president, it's totally fine for a personal record to be classified, okay? It is. Now, uh, I haven't talked to the, I have talked to the president since uh, the August 8th raid. I did not say, so what was in those documents? Now, if there was, if there is a dispute, there's a way to handle it, not by calling in the FBI. Not by doing that, huh? I just, I can't believe they went to, uh, they went nuclear. Speaking of nuclear, they went nuclear. They went nuclear. And I think there's something else going on here. I think some of these documents may be exculpatory for President Trump in terms of uh, Russia collusion and all that stuff. And after President Trump was singularly abused by prosecutors and Democrats, right? I mean, they impeached him twice. I think he could make the case that, yeah, they were after me personally. It was a personal vendetta against me waged by the and I wanted these documents to uh, because they prove my innocence. Personal vindication. I totally, totally would accept that. Now, I don't know. I haven't. We have, nobody has seen them. I do know this, that everything's classified in the government. Everything, everything I was in the military. I had secret clearance. It's no big deal. And, oh, by the way, I destroyed um, uh, classified material. I did. I certainly did. We had we had too much of that crap. And I made arrangements, and I went over to the incinerator, and I burned it all. Well, a good chunk of it. 
And there's a way I filled out the right form and blah, 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 blah. Because I was a captain in the military. That's it. I was in 03 when I was on active duty. Just a captain. I had to get permission to do a lot of things. I had some authority, but I had to get permission too. President Trump is the commander in chief. The commander in chief. He was the commander of the military. You can look it up. Try to find, uh, try to find the National Archives in the United States Constitution. Do they talk about the National Archives? Do they talk about any of these people who suddenly think they're in charge? They think they're running the show. I mean, just ask David Ferriero, right? Who's in charge, David? 32? Is this the first time then in your tenure that you've ever been in a legal dispute with a presidential administration over access to records? This is the first time for me. And I believe it's the first time for in a long time for the the agency probably going back to Richard Nixon. Oh, the precious agency. Um, oh, the agency. The agency. It wasn't responsive to the men and women of the agency. I don't care about you and your agency. I don't. You're an employee like me. All right? That's it. Stop. And you got this law running around with it, trying to find a way to frame the president. This guy watched on television. He shouldn't have those boxes. It's like a corrupt cop following somebody, wants to pull him over so they can, who knows what. Is that guy's taillight busted? Let me get a better look. Turn him over and pull him over and break the taillight. Oh, he didn't come to a complete stop. Let's search the entire car, see what we can get. This is the kind of stuff that's going on. However, um, I won't let it distract me, and you better not let it distract you. Don't let it discourage you, all right? Get encouraged. Get fired up. This is good. We're going to be okay. We're on to them. Uh, this is still America, ma'am. Give me a moment. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you want to see what all the fun's about? Hey, here's something else we can do. Not only are we going to vote, we're going to start giving money to the candidates we like. We're going to call up our friends and family and uh, even some people we haven't talked to in a long time or maybe we disagree with in the past. We're going to engage them. We're going to encourage them to vote. We're going to make the case. We're going to do it with, um, you know, we're going to be polite. We're going to be gentle, but we're also going to be, you know, direct. And uh, this is uh, the stakes. we got to do things that we haven't done before. And maybe you, whoever you are, wherever you are, need to get into that horrible cesspool known as social media. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's a terrible place to be, uh, but, 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 well, it's one way you can make your voice heard, all right? Think about it. It may not, may or may not be for you. I'm not going to push that. I do believe in the other things. I'm out there every day uh, making the case. There's a hell of a lot of blowback, but I don't mind one bit. There's also a hell of a lot of support out there, I hope, Let's see. Uh, actually, I know that. I know that. Uh, Jacqueline is in Brooklyn. Yes, Jacqueline. We're in Brooklyn. Hi, Greg. Uh, I'm in the Bensonhurst Gravesend area. How do you do? 
I'm doing good. How about you? What's up? Well, I wanted to first of all thank you for saying that you will be making an effort to talk to people that you know to explain to them why they should consider voting for President Trump in 24 and also for Republicans in Senate congressional and gubernatorial offices in the midterms in November. Um, Basically, the reason I call your program and others is to hopefully provide your listeners and those of other programs with information that they may not otherwise be getting. All right, so what is it? Well, how important it is, I know your program is syndicated, how important it is that people in the states of Arizona and Michigan specifically get out to vote. Uh, For senator, they need to fire Mark Kelly, who is uh, one of the current senators in Arizona, and they need to elect the Republican candidate, Blake Masters. Same is true with regard to the gubernatorial candidate. All right, all right. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, nitpicky here, but you, I, we know this. Uh, we information. You said you had information. Now you're just urging people to do something. Give us the info. I think people are really paying too much attention to these uh, congressional and Senate uh, office elections. They need to understand that the secretaries of state, specifically in those two states, being that they're swing states. The secretaries of state control all of the election procedures that go on, whether or not mail-in ballots are allowed, what mail-in ballots are accepted, signature verification. Election integrity depends on those secretaries of state. And that's where a lot of the corruption occurred in the 2020 election. Yeah, especially that woman in um, Michigan. I can't remember her name. Benson? Is it Benson? Terrible secretary of state. Totally evil. And the same thing is true in Arizona with Katie Hobbs, who is now running for governor. So she's she's the current secretary. And she's afraid of uh, Carrie Lake. You know, she's afraid. That's she's right. ducking. She's not. Look, I hear you. We got to do it. Get out there. Make it happen. Um, and, and overwhelming. And I don't think, by the way, people know the election is in November. You know, they, they're very sneaky with these uh, primaries in August and June and July I mean, it's very unusual. It, it happened gradually and all at once. You know, we used to have primaries in the fall, in September. Back to school, people kind of are ready. Not in August, not when you're on summer vacation, not on the last day of school. You know that, that right? Inten- that was all done intentionally. I know, I know, to minimize interest, to minimize voter turnout. These, uh, these, and that, by the way, is a literal threat to democracy. They, they throw that out quite a bit. Jacqueline, real quick before we go, what is it that you, uh, what do you do? Uh, you know, what, what, tell us about yourself. I, I consider myself temporarily retired. I'm a former money manager and an, an investment manager. Um, but right now, um, taking some time off to deal with a lot of things. Uh, I went through a lot, like a lot of other people in the past several years with COVID. I lost both my parents, mm. yada, yada. So I'm dealing with a lot of other things that I have to address right now. But, um, you know, part of the reason that Biden's poll numbers are starting to creep up, if we believe that those polls are true, they effectively bought votes from those who have outstanding student loan debt. And that's their intention, to control the midterm elections so that they can, again, steal the presidential office in 24. And people have to be aware of this. It's funny, you know. take a little bit more interest. More interest. I totally encourage it. You're right, you're right, you're right. I live, eat, and breathe this stuff. We all got to get a bit more into it. Uh, and you're right, it's funny. They, gave, they, they, they did the most radical thing, probably domestically, uh, in a long time, 
And it's almost an old issue now. No one's really bringing it up. It's uh, I don't think they have the legal authority. Joe Biden does not have the legal authority the Constitu- to suspend that kind of money as president. He doesn't. He can't do that through executive order. No way. just going to say that. that. That act was instituted to help the military at a time when they were serving our country so that they didn't have to be burdened with paying their student loans if they had them. It was never designed for the purpose that he did. And even himself, he said the same thing. Well, I don't think I can do this. And even Madame Lugosi said in uh, January of 21, I don't think you can do this. You know, you don't no. have the authority to do this. But they're, they're doing whatever they want to, yep. to maintain and control uh, you know, the triad power that they currently have. Jacqueline, you're brilliant, and I thank you very much. Joel is next online uh, from the Upper West Side. Hi. Hi, uh, Greg. Uh, first off, Mayor Kelly, I'm speaking into your future. Um, you think, huh? I, I can feel it. I know. People are talking about it. I think it could really happen. We'll see. How's that chair feel at Gracie Mansion? Let me ask you that. <laughs> um, I'd vote for you in a second. I, Jacqueline was great. Great caller, by the way, too. I agree. Um, I wanted to, to address a couple things. Number one, um, I think what you're calling for is a call to action, which is really great. I mean, I find myself getting angry sometimes because of just the absurdity of what's going on on the other side of the aisle, which has never been uh, – Biden never came through with this promise to shake hands with our side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle. And basically, I think what's missing is the aspect of moving to the middle of the road, you know, just finding some kind of a level where we can at least find some place to agree in in the areas where we disagree. And when we do disagree, disagree politely instead of having all this anger brewing underneath. Now, there's one other thing I wanted to address, too, and that's the previous caller you had that spoke about God first. I think that's all well and good. But I think on a political spectrum, we need to broaden to the fact that there are a lot of people who perhaps don't have any religious beliefs. However, they are of a philosophical nature that uh, respects humanity and has enough intelligence mm-hmm. to say, hey, we want to preserve the, the qualities that our country was founded upon and respect the rights of others to... Yeah. All right. You know, I, no, I, I, uh, can I go back to what you said a moment ago, though? You know, I, I, this whole thing, oh, let's find some middle ground. <laughs> and uh, this will sound like I don't know if I'm looking for middle ground with people who are trying to destroy America. I don't know if I'm looking for middle ground uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't think I'm looking uh, for middle ground with Joe Biden, who is thoroughly corrupt, thoroughly. I mean, you heard what he labeled half the country. Go and watch President Trump's. It's not middle ground that we're advocating. We're advocating for America. We're advocating for America. These are the far left. Is there something we can agree about? Agree without being disagreeable. I'm a little bit over that stuff, to be honest. I, I kind of am somehow. I don't know. It, 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 it translates into, let's see how well we can get along with them, not them getting. Look at Donald Trump's speech from July 4th of 2020. This is not an agenda. It's not right wing. It's not conservative even. It's American. It is American. It's one of the most beautiful speeches, I think, ever uttered in this country. Anyway, I wanted to, because I've heard that before, and I, in my head I agree with it, but in my gut I'm like, you know what, I don't know if that sits well anymore. The, the only reason why, why, why it doesn't sit well is because they refuse to even meet in the middle. I mean, I have, I've, I've had, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm registered as a Democrat. Hey, can I ask you this? You're on the Upper West Side. Is it as loony as they say? 
you know, historically, are they, your neighbors, are they getting a little bit fed up with what the hell's going on? I mean, you know, historically, you guys are as left as they come on the Upper West Side. Obviously, you're an exception. Are they growing tired? Are they looking around with their eyes open? Do they realize how stupid it was to go along with that Black Lives Matter nonsense, that virtue signaling? You know, they just stood on the sidelines and applauded. Now we look at what the legacy is. Is there any buyer's remorse right now with your neighbors? I hate to say it, but I, I I think that they're so blindsided by their hatred for Trump that they're un, they're incapable of reasoning. I've had conversations like, for instance, when Curtis Lewa ran for mayor, you know, I said, hey, maybe you should take a look at this guy. And they look at it and say, oh, he's got an R next to his name. We're not voting for him, even though he didn't even support Trump. You know, they can't see through any of that. It is impossible. And sometimes when I play my radio in my apartment, I think, oh, my God, the neighbors are going to hear them listening to WABC. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. They'll call the cops. They'll call the cops. You know, this yeah, is, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be, you know, New York. We're supposed to be kind of open-minded about things. And the left, the liberals, they're so intense. I talk politics sometimes. It comes up, and you know, they find out, I'm like, oh, we have to stop talking about this. Oh, oh, this is going in a bad direction. Oh, you know, and I'm like, why not? You know, I, I keep it jocular. I keep it fun, and uh, they can't handle it. Anyway, Joel, thank you very much. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, it's me. Hey, do me a favor. Cut 42. You know, I don't want there to be a civil war. I don't think there will be a civil war. But Joe Biden, I think he's actually itching for a civil war. He's already branded us the enemy of the people. Hey, (laughs) Donald Trump said the media are the enemy of the people. Everybody agrees. Joe Biden is saying the people are the enemy of the people. How about that? And this, you know, I missed it at first. But when uh, when he blew this, listen to what he's talking about here. Cut 42. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. Hey, Curtis, we were just talking about you. Welcome to the studio. What brings you here? Mid-show. Uh, photo opportunity. You know me. I'm like Lenslice. I saw th- there was an issue outside the other day, all kinds of cameras around. And uh, what was that all about? Uh, actually, they were tracking me because I had written a piece for the Daily Mail. It went uh, around the world about vigilante justice uh, starting to take place in New York City. Uh I don't know if I we will hold. give me an example of vigilante justice. I uh, we that's uh, that can be pretty dangerous. I mean, you've got to defend yourself. You got to defend yourself. I was up but, in Washington Heights. Uh, there were two guys on a motor uh, bike who uh, beat the hell out of somebody and robbed them. And then a good Samaritan came and actually took the gun from the guy and chased him down the street, aimed the gun at him. The only thing he didn't do was cap shots. I wish he did cap shot so we wouldn't have to worry about them in the future. Three hots and a cut. You know, the thing about the th- uh, take a shot, I don't know. It's like, you know, to take a shot and then uh, somebody else gets hit. I uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about vigilantes, to be honest. Well, uh, you, you got to be gotta careful. you got to go to Times Square. I was just uh, there uh, yesterday. Uh, no gun zone. No gun zone. Uh, except the thugs and thuggets. Uh, I don't know if they can even read the signs, but they're not abiding by that. All right, do me a favor. Give me a quick break. We will be back momentarily. Yes, we will. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
What time is it anyway? I will be on a plane tonight, LaGuardia Airport. Uh, oh, I gotta emphasize this, folks. Greg Kelly here, and I am proudly supporting and will be out at the Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run NYC this year, which is on Sunday, September 25th. We need your help. Help us remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps together. It's simple to support my team this year in the Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run. Here's what you do. Go to walk.gregkellyshow.com. That's walk.gregkellyshow.com. And click on my photo to donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money this year. I don't give a damn, quite frankly. All right, I want to raise money, but it doesn't matter. My team, they're always, you know, my team, Sid's team, Curtis's team, just any team. I don't care. I really don't. All I care is, uh, number one, I'm going to be there. It's a great, great, great thing to support. Tunnel to Towers, all Stephen Siller ran through that tunnel on that day. What else? They build smart homes for people all over the country. I think it's fabulous what they do. Uh, fabulous. Uh, thank you for your support. Remember, walk.greatkellyshow.com or go to t2t.org, t2t.org. Carl in Melville, yes. Never mind, Carl. Jay in Edison, yes. Yes, hi, Greg. Um, so the Constitution is there to protect us against government abuse. And this case, we keep talking about the Government Records Act, and it's that's missing the point. The point really should be equal protection under law, because if you look at the idea that the government may not deny people equal protection of its governing laws, and when you look at all law reviews, if you were to look at them, you would find that it would state something like this. The governing, governing body state must treat an individual in the same manner as others in similar conditions and circumstances. So we don't have to get into weeds about the Records Act. All we have to look at is the U.S. Constitution Equal Protection Clause, and this should be kicked out because Bill and Hillary Clinton, they would have been raided six times in their life, and they would have already been indicted three times if they were getting similar uh, application of law as Trump is getting. And this is why we have an equal protection law, because you're not supposed to have a generical government such as the Democrats are acting like right now. And what they are doing is they are simply criminalizing politics. And this is exactly what the Equal Protection Law is in there for in the Constitution. A white amendment? Where do I find this equal protection thing? Well, it's an equal protection clause. It's a What it is is it's something that is basically applied through the 14th Amendment. 14th a, Amendment. Right, but it applies to federal law and to state law. All right. Law. Listen, I love it. I love that you're a smart guy. I hope they're listening. Equal protection. Um, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, this is totally unfair. Totally unfair. Totally unfair. We all know it. All right. Um, how do we get this word to the attorneys? Oh, they should know equal protection of under. Hey, you'd be surprised. You know what I mean? You get it's it's like a doctor, not even like a doctor. It's very subjective. You know, it's very very subjective. And you get attorneys. You know, they have opposite views on these issues. Totally opposite views, and they're always arguing with themselves. I may have to. Because I don't think they're looking at that in this uh, move movement or movement. Are you a lawyer? I'd rather not say uh, anything about myself. But the Fifth Amendment's due process clause basically requires the United States. Are you a fugitive or something like that? What's the deal? You just don't want your boss knowing, right? Right. I don't want anyone knowing. Correct. All right. So, so Jay's your phony name, right? No, that's right. not. 
That's, all right, that's all right. Really I gotta. Hard. I'm gonna hang up now. I gotta hang up. I don't want you to get in any more trouble. I don't want you to put your, you know, cheese, Jay. Come on. All right. You gotta. You gotta lay it on the line. I got all these people sending me messages, but don't use this. Don't say my name. Don't say my name. What are you afraid of? Well, first, let me just say the Fifth Amendment, so you understand where where it's. Uh, Jay, I just have my I, look. I mean, I'm not going to be able to solve this uh, puzzle. I'm not a lawyer, and you already told me that the lawyers involved are going to know this stuff already. So, Jay, just tell me this, and I'm actually, I'm curious. What are you afraid of? Why wouldn't you just say it? Why would I, I'm not going? I'm not demanding. I'm not insisting that you tell me your name. I get it. You, you're reluctant to do that, but why? Uh, why? There's too much trouble. Uh, the blowback is so bad. Uh, I do believe that you have people coming in the future. There will be people coming to our own houses for certain. Well, number one, uh, look, (laughs) I don't think we're there. I I don't think we're going to get there. But, you know, my name is Greg Kelly. People can find out where I live. The social media, they know my boss. They know everything about me. You know what I mean? It's not that bad. All right. It's just not that bad. This is still America. We're not. Let's not. Let's not pretend this is East Germany. Okay. let's not give in to the enemy. All right. You can be proud. You got an interesting opinion. You're backing it up with facts. And I just, I don't like the idea that you have got to do so anonymously. Anonymously. I mean, I, 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 I just, I wish, cause I'm hearing this more and more. I understand people call the radio station. They don't want everything about them known, but I, I ask people to get on social media. Oh, I can't do that. I'm afraid of what my boss will say. I'm afraid of what this person, this is how they win. This is how they win by us keeping our head down. And I expect more out of you, Jay. I'm sorry. I'm very impressed, but I'm a little bit disappointed, too. Carl and Melville, are you there yet? No, you're not? Okay, let's go to Russ in Milford, Connecticut. Russ, what is it? Hi, Greg. You know, uh, uh, around 2015, 2015, when Trump uh, announced he was running, my wife uh, looked him up on the Wikipedia site, and at the time it said he was a known, he was a philanthropist. You know, you know what that means. He does good deeds for people. And I was looking at it recently. It's it's not there anymore, you know. Well, no, it's okay. I mean, uh, people. It, that's the whole thing about Wikipedia. People change it. People, you can change it. It's it's like the people's uh, <coughs> excuse me encyclopedia. They change mine all the time. You know, some days, uh, you know, some it just it changes every now and then. I check it, and then there's something good there, and then it's taken away, and then it might be back. Happens. So I don't think it's a plot or anything like that. I mean. Anybody who's well-known or somewhat well-known or kind of known, people are going to have opinions, and you can register those opinions online. It's a free country. You can do that. I'm not, you know, I I know what you're talking about. It happens all the time, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Unless, Unless, actually, I take that back. Russ, you can tell your wife to go back to that website and put up all that stuff about Trump being a philanthropist. She has the power to do that. Did you know that? That's right. A lot of us, a lot of us sit back. We sit back and we expect somebody else to do something. All right. So we notice the problem and there's absolutely no reason why she can't get back up there and do it. Well, they're going to change it tomorrow. Then change it back the next day. Change it. Just let's not take this lying down. It's funny. You can be as liberal as anything and you can wave that flag and you can be, you can put your name out there and you're untouchable. What's your other point? I, I just I used to be a big sports fan from the seventies and on. Yeah, I can't stand it, I can't stand it anymore. I know all it I stinks, do, I, right? It's too expensive and uh, it's all gotten boring. I don't know what the hell it is, but everything changed, and I don't like it either. What what turned you off ultimately? 
Yep, it really did, Greg. And I listen to WABC. I love the station. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Curtis, for the drop by. And uh, I will talk to you on Monday. Many thanks. Many, 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 many thanks. Take care. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.